0: What is up, Asymmetry? How are you doing? One of my favorite people in the whole world, Todd Schlafer, took a moment out of his busy, busy schedule. Building uh, his dream, his garden, his future. Engaging in the lifestyle of Boneside to sit down and talk with us. Not only about what Todd is up to, but also to pay homage to A legend that we lost this year in the bonsai community, Jerry Morris, an absolute pioneer of probably more things than anybody actually realizes. Uh, It's wonderful to sit down with Todd and listen to him talk about his garden build and his continued evolution as a bonsai professional, uh, to talk about the Rocky Mountain project that we're releasing on Mirai here pretty soon, but also just to uh, recognize Jerry and everything that he did for us, because he certainly was influential for me, but he was a massive influence for Todd and um, a lovely conversation with a lovely individual and one of the people that Mariah cherishes most. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Todd for everybody.
1: Are you ready for one of the for one of the dirtiest faces you'll see in a long oh time. Oh my
0: god, that's the garden build face if I've ever seen one. Holy cow, look at you handsome son of a bitch. It's
1: like there's dirt. It's I, I'm a dirty man. Oh my
0: gosh, look at you, you rugged individual. You look handsome. Well, you do too. Ah, it, goes
1: thanks. With, it goes without
0: saying. Neither one of us shaved today, which makes us uh, beard buddies. This is as, yeah. about as close to a beard as you're going to find with me. But anyways, it's my best effort.
1: Well, that's. I I appreciate the effort <laughs> there's not a lot there.
0: Uh, I know, I know. It's a bit bar- barely uh, notable as a whisker. Yeah, how you been? It's,
1: I've been good. I've been good. Yeah. Yep. Are you good? You've been watering. That's what I, I was told.
0: Yeah, I just finished watering. We we have had the most uh, bludgeoning, prolonged, hot summer. Like. Oh ever well at least in my 12 years here i mean yet last year obviously was extremes for like a short period this year it's just been prolonged and sustained heat Uh uh-huh yeah what about you guys i know you you've been getting rain i look at your weather all the time
1: Yeah. yeah no we uh i don't think we've hit i don't think we've hit 100 yet and last year in june we hit it six times
0: god congratulations
1: yeah, so it's it really – it's been nice. And then, yeah, this month, we – it's like we've been getting those afternoon showers again.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then even, like, late into the – like, in late evenings, we've had some decent uh, decent storms come through. So, what's uh – two days ago, Bridget and I went to the Rapids game. I was thinking about you because we went and saw the Timbers a couple times. Nice. And so, we went to the Rapids game, but it was, like, an hour-long delay – like rain delay there wow so i was like oh we are getting water so yeah that ties into all that but i was just i was thinking about you too because we went to I on bridges like just imagine like the whole mile high stadium because that's how like the stadium is is there it's a big stadium and the one here it's not it's not that big oh really no it's like one couple, and it's like the timbers it's like three four tiers and like they score a goal and there's just beer flying everywhere and some guy's got a chainsaw cut these like three foot diameter stumps and she's like what yeah we got to go to that. we got to go to a game out there
0: so uh i took uh ira i took ira and darlene and um adam to a timbers Uh game and and it was oh you did yeah and it was a good one it was like a good intense game it was a saturday night so people were consuming particularly large quantities of alcohol uh yeah. it, it was pretty rowdy and ruckus and they all got a, a taste of Timbers. I'm gonna say that um uh you appreciated the Timbers experience more than uh Ira, Darlene, and Adam did. Yeah. Oh. I, I think they oh. felt it was a bit much. I thought I think they felt Portland went a little bit overboard.
1: Oh no, I'm I'm just like <laughs> Let's go to let's go to England or Spain. <laughs>
0: exactly. That's why I'm feeling you know, too.
1: Watch a game there. It's like that's that's the next that's the next game I want to see. You know,
0: like 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 right up against the field at a Manchester United game or something like that. Yep. Yeah,
1: it'd be. Oh. I, I can't imagine the. I, yeah, I can't imagine what that would what that would be like.
0: Yeah, so. that's tough. That's tough to conceive. What are you building right now? How come you're so dirty?
1: Uh, well, I haven't taken a shower in a day or so, and. Mm-hmm but i had classes so it's like it's just like copper it's probably a lot of copper you know it's like you just uh i don't know when you're wiring to you i had classes so it's like just wiring with that and then yeah i'm not right now so we got like i got this property right and so it's like i there are three things i needed to do the first thing because i wanted i had to take all my trees from my last house up to Adam's place. Right. And so he was like the generous and kind enough to be like, yeah, just, I have the property, just bring everything up here. So it was like to bring them up there and to bring them back. It was like 20, 20, 20 foot box trucks. What? full 20 yeah, with like 20. It was 20 to, it was like 10 to bring him up, maybe 12 to bring him up. And then eight to bring everything back. Cause it's like, I had, I had wood, I had cinder blocks, I had pots, I had oh, trees,
0: yeah, 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 I had
1: all that. And so, like, I pretty much, other than one day, I loaded everything by myself. Um, and then Adam was up there, he had a dingo, so he'd help me unload, or I'd jump on the dingo if he was working, you know? But it's like, I just, I moved everything by myself. So anyway, but why everything was up there, it's like, we had stuff in a greenhouse, because I was moving all this in, like, April, so stuff still needed to be protected, and so... I knew I needed to get shade structures built. Um, I needed to get my trees back, and I needed to get the workshop going. You know, so it's like those we are. It's now all that's accomplished. So it's like I think what's next on um, next on like next thing I have to build is where the workshop is. If you look out, there's like a big. It's like it's open right there, mm-hmm. and so I think I want to start. There's a dog run. Cause it's a, like, this is a, it was a horse property. Right. Right. And so the dog run, I need to pull like the fencing out. I want to put another entrance into the garden there and then like bring in stone and stuff like that. And then too, when you look out from the workshop, cause I'm going to put like either glass or like plexiglass or acrylic, something like that. So you can see, and too, there'll be like sliding doors there, mm-hmm. like sideways because it's, uh, it's. I'm not going to get a roll up, I'm going to do sliding, but then you'll be able to look out there and there's going to be like, you know, like monkey poles, like stone, maybe a water feature. I'm not exactly sure all, but that's like the next thing, the next thing I'm going to build. I just, I needed to get the facility functional to where I could have students and I could teach out of that instead of like the garage. Yeah. And then once, once, once that is in place and it's like, okay, what's, what's next? And what is like, what is my budget? allow for yeah um allow for also so yeah so that's that's gonna be yeah and so like i was in i'll take my hat off um i was in idaho with jason Mm. and i was talking to him out there and and because you get like i think you get so like engulfed and so like focused on building a garden because it's like i want to I want to like what does the landscaping look like and it's like all that is like there's an infinite like number of decisions that you can make and different plants and all that and it's like i was starting to go down like that And it's like no 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 what what are you building this for and it's like i want to have like something beautiful and not just benches and i don't want it to be a glorified parking lot right where it's just like gravel and benches right and it's like you have like you have the most beautiful garden you know and it's it's like i've i've been to your place long enough where it's like I see you've like created microclimates and you have little areas that separate like one area from another and it's like your the whole your whole garden is just it's a it's a it's a beautiful and I don't know it's a really well thought out garden but when I was talking to Jason he's like well what are you doing this for it's like you're building you're not building a garden like just a garden you're building like it's for bones eye so it's like stay focused on that. And then he was saying, too, like, just find one thing and make that, like, perfect, and then the rest of your garden will fall into shape, you know, kind of after, like, you focus on this one thing. So that's, I don't know where I was going with that. But, yeah, Yeah. so it's like I want to build, like, a place. So when you look out of the workshop, like, it's, it's it's for bonsai, but it's also, like, this beautiful thing with big boulders, and then that I can start pulling into the rest of the, I can build off of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, certainly. Like uh, in the garden build, the, the the thing that I was not good at that I've had to like go back and put the time into is like when you start something, finish it, so that you don't uh-huh. have to think about it anymore. Because the the mental the mental baggage of carrying all of those un unfinished to dos around became really overwhelming for me and that's like honestly you know that's kind of been the nature of the game for like the past probably like two or three years which you saw we finished the portion of the stone wall Uh, you uh, and i started like two years ago (laughs) uh, yeah (laughs) you know know. and it's beautiful it's beautiful yeah but it sucked to sit there for two years and look at it unfinished and that's 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 like my biggest piece of advice to anybody building a garden is like Whatever you start, finish it before you start something else. It's just a challenge, though, because you have to combine as a facility that's got to educate, that's got to, um, you know, house trees. You're talking about creating layers to your garden. You've got the hardscape. You've got the functional elements. And then you have the the landscaping and the softening effect of the plant material And so, you know, like you could also look at it as like scopes of work where you're going to go through and you're going to do the hardscape and then you're going to do the functional, you know, and it's like that also was a part of why I wasn't always able to finish what I started here. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like, I still have like, I, I'm going to put a greenhouse in. Remember on that, like you drew a, a drawing for a greenhouse design on like a napkin or something when you were out seeing me one time. And it's like, that is going to be my long-term but I think for now I'm going to go with like a larger hoop house structure like you had originally Mm -hmm. with like three or four foot sidewalls you know so I still get some good height and and go like that because I think that's how that's originally probably what I'll be what I'll be able to uh, afford um but then I don't know, it's like there's one more big structure, you know, that I have to get in and then once that's in, then it's like, then I think you can, like, soften it up and you can and you can, like, do the landscaping around it, you Mm -hmm. know, and stuff like that. You just have to get those, those really big structures in first, you know, and then, but then too, it's like, my property is fairly flat, but there's like a berm, there's a berm on one side, so it's like, well, if I'm going to put monkey poles or whatever in there, it's like, I need to figure out what that berm is going to be first because I don't want to have all those stands in and build like, you know, put stone in and then maybe behind it all of a sudden it's like, no, this is unused space. I want to do something else, you know, or like if I want to tear it up, it's like I have to, I have to get some of those things done before because I have some, like of my show trees, they're under a shade cloth, but they're just on the ground. Uh You know, they're not on all the benches because I ran, I need more benches. Yep. I need to build more benches, you know, but it's like, well, (laughs) but I can't build these benches in this area and make this showpiece for some of my trees until I've done, until I've like, yeah, done a lot, done landscaping, you know, significant landscaping where it's like I I need to move a decent amount of dirt out of there or reload, you know? So it's like these all, it's, 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 it's like, okay, my next, like, as my, as my head goes, it's like, in the back, where the workshop is, is like that's where all the trees are. But there's also like between that area and the house, there's some nice, like usable, uh, like right now it's just grass, you know. But there they have like raised beds that Bridget wants to use for growing things. And like maybe I could put some stuff in the ground there too, whatever. But there's some area there where it's like I could put in monkey poles, put some paths in there, put a path into the garden there, you know. So it's like I think that's the next, but yeah, there's all these. It's yeah, it's, uh, all these steps and then, but yeah, I have to get some stuff done before. Yeah. There's just, there's the steps. And you know, it's like, I remember like I went to your website or you sent so, Oh, it was the greenhouse, like the primer. It was like your greenhouse primer it was the piece you did on the greenhouse. And it showed a picture of you at one time where it's like you, some trees and the gravel. Yeah. And that was it. And I was like, Oh, I don't feel so bad that that I have like gravel and just trees. It's like Ryan started there too, so it's it's okay. I just trust the process. Trust you know? the
0: process. Yeah, that's what it is. Trust the process. One one thing at a time. I I, I was yep. always amazed at how long it took to do the smallest things, but yet if you just kept doing the smallest things, how uh, how quickly it turned into a bigger thing. You know, oh. like you set one stone, then you set another stone, then you set another mm-hmm. stone. And now you have steps and then you have a wall and then you've got a, a, a landscape around the wall and then you have an entrance and then you have, a, oh. you know, it's like it just sort of like really dogpiled once you started setting those backbone, those backbone yeah. pieces. It's exciting. Right. I, I was super, right. when, when you closed on the property, I was super excited for you because I knew you were entering kind of a lifelong, this is now a lifelong pursuit
1: yeah, it is and like my you had been to my other house and it's like that house I don't know we were just very the timing of everything just it it all worked out and it it it's like we we got we, that house sold this house like I was driving back from Adams taking trees up to here I was basically I was stressed out because I was a eye hobo at that point right? right it's like my trees are somewhere else I have no facility to teach at you know adam let me like teach at his place but like for a long term it's like i was just stressed out and i was like teary-eyed and i was like god or the universe or whatever's out there like let bridget and i find a home let us have like the a good amount of property you know it's Mm -hmm. like i know it may take a long time but the sooner the better that's what i said so then i came home i'm loading trees up and then like this house popped up an hour later so remember when i was when I came out in December and I was, tr- and I was on the phone with a realtor. Yeah. Do you remember that? It yeah, I was I like, do. I was trying to buy a property there. I wasn't, we weren't prepared for it, but I kept driving around this area because it, it was, uh, it was, it had large lots. This where, where this house is, it's like a, a quarter mile from there. Wow. So it's like, I knew something. And so as soon as this house popped up, yeah, I, oh, I was loading trees. This house popped up an hour later after I said all that. I sent it to Bridget, and I was like, that's the house. And so within 24 hours, we were under contract with it.
0: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, it,
1: it worked out. It worked out. Uh, but yeah, I, wake, I was telling Ira, it's like I wake up every morning, and it's like I can't believe I'm in this house.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's great, Todd. That makes me so happy, man.
1: I know. You, you got to come out and visit here sometime. Uh, but... Sooner
0: than later. Yeah, no, I would really like to come out. Um, if I can find an excuse to get to Denver, Taft and I will come see you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah,
1: like the workshop. It's a it's a pole barn, but maybe it was built ten or fifteen years ago or something like that. So, mm-hmm. it's like, I just gutted the whole thing and I instantly... So it's like a thirty by forty. So it's like a nice big
0: workshop and that's huge. I, is it, it, it? Yeah, it's big. That's like that's like big big.
1: Yeah, I mean the inside of it is like. I mean it's just, it's probably the size of your studio.
0: It's it's it, it would be it would be two floors of the studio what you just described.
1: Well. Maybe it's a 25 by 30.
0: 25 by it's 30. Big so, then it, that, so then so yeah. then that is the same size as the studio then.
1: Yeah. It's it's pretty it's big.
0: Oh, that's great. But, yeah. So Yeah,
1: but I was putting light. Sorry, go ahead. No,
0: you go ahead. What are you doing?
1: I was just, I was putting lights in and the guy that was putting them in, he's like, I'm going to put a dimmer on here because it's going to be too bright in here. And I was like, it can't be too bright. It's
0: <laughs> not a thing. You know? That's not a reality. There,
1: there is no such thing. It's like, they're going to be getting suntan in here. It's like, great. That's, that's what I'm looking for. That, that's you know? almost bright. Like, that's
0: almost bright enough. <laughs> yeah. That's yep. great. So, well, so are you getting yeah. to do tree work or are you pretty much just like in garden build mode when you don't have students?
1: Yeah, so that's how it was mm-hmm. for a long time. And then, um, I don't know, like this last weekend was the first class I had in the workshop.
0: Oh, wow. So, Inaugural. Yeah. The maiden voyage. Yeah,
1: so, yeah, it was great. It was great. And so, um, but yeah, like last week, last week for three days, I just stayed in the workshop and worked, you know, so it's like up up to that point up to the point when the workshop was getting done I was in the garden all the time like building stuff or mm-hmm. running wire or whatever you know and so now it's like okay I can I could actually start working so today same thing as yeah 3 days last week then I had classes and then today I was in the workshop again so
0: cool
1: so I've been able to start start like wiring things again and before it was like I'd get I would get I'd get happy that we had class cuz Or I get excited. Not that I don't, but I would get excited because it's like, oh, I get to work on trees. Mm -hmm. Because I was always just building stuff. Yeah. You know, so it's like I'm sure I'm sure you understand how
0: how that is. You know, where absolutely, absolutely. I I actually, yeah. I mean, I actually feel like classes are great excuse to work on trees but i i had a hard time and still do have a hard time changing gears between like building garden and working on bonsai like those are two different parts of my brain or that that's how it feels anyway
1: well how's your garden going because you're doing big things right now i mean big like you're rebuilding a lot of stuff and putting in some big structures
0: yeah 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 no i mean like this year i think the I think the shocking thing was I did not plan on doing what we did this year, which is what made it so uh incredibly inconvenient, you know, but the benches had just the benches had reached the end of their lifespan right. um and so going with like a more timeless mobile um durable bench you know then me, meant we had to tear out all of the old benches, which yeah you know, the last thing that I wanted to do after sort of finishing the garden was then to bring an excavator into it and start dismantling oh, wow. it, which is just the most like gutting experience ever, you know, like okay. but um, but we got it done. We got it done and and then um the footings for the new shade structure are in, but that's been a project that's you know, gone way over in terms of time expectations. So we're yeah. still functioning with a smaller shade structure, which honestly, with the the prolonged heat that we've had, I I really I really wish we had the the larger shade structure, but it's just not going to be a reality until all of the trees get moved this winter and get put into the right. greenhouse. That's the next convenient because we're going to have to move everything in the garden again, and and um, yeah. we already did that once this year, and it was just a huge. I mean, you're talking huge amount of labor to move wow. all the trees and the benches and stuff. But the garden the garden is continuing to continuing to move forward you know we're uh, uh, we're gonna build the next extension of that rock wall on the other side of the stairs um miguel's working on getting the last japanese garden structure platform dialed in in the display garden and uh, mm-hmm. the deciduous garden is we we really stuck to our guns on building that out until it was finished so it's it's pretty much done which is Uh it's been monumental for the heat that Uh we've had there's so many trees up there in that microclimate that's just been like super super favorable yeah but the house Uh we haven't started the house rebuild yet um that's kind of the big that's kind of the big looming project that i know is coming but it's it's taken a lot of effort to get it to to even get it to a point where we can start. So hopefully we're, hopefully we're close. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So did you draw out the shade structures or did you work with architects or how did you,
0: yeah. Or sh-
1: engineers maybe? Cause your, your, your new shade structure is significant.
0: It is, it is, it is a, it is an, it, it's a, as much architectural as it is functional for sure. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, it was an idea that I had had, in the back of my mind for a long time. Um and and I I brought it to an architect and and told him what I was thinking and then, you know, that ended up sort of springboarding into informing the the uh some of the things that we're going to do with the exterior portion of the house too so that mm-hmm. it all ties together, but uh, well. Yeah, that's kind of like the magical middle ground for me in all of these projects is like trying to have an idea and then taking it to an architect who can sort of finesse uh-huh. it and, ma- and make it functional. Cause it's too big, you know, it's bigger than a six by six post in the ground um, at that right. point. So there is engineering and all of that stuff that goes into it to really yeah. make it. And it's also helps me to visually see it, you know, cause the sketch can only get you so far. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was looking at like, well, when we were at the, at the soccer game, like the on the sides there's these tiers that kind of like stair step up and, and then i took a picture of it and i was showing bridges like wouldn't it be cool to have like a shade structure like that
0: Ooh, you nice. know it's like yeah like
1: i take pictures of all sorts of like different things now yeah um like there was a the hotel i went to mexico in may and the hotel there had some interesting like just designs or way and it's like oh if you like scaled this, it, it was like a big hotel but if you scale this down it's like oh wouldn't that be interesting as as a sort of shade structure or pergola type thing or something that you know so it's fun yeah. to it's fun to dream about things like that you know and it's like i wonder if if eventually yeah maybe eventually i build a shade structure that looks like like that but there's so many different things in the in architecture, they take pictures of It's like, how could I apply this to the garden?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: somehow, if, can I or can I not? You know, but
0: that's um, like a, that like, that's like become like a, like a continual, continual hobby for me is like scouring architecture books for ideas of what we could do here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right.
1: Or I'll send you a pic when we're done. I'll send you the picture. But, um, but yeah, it's like, what if you had a few monkey poles and you built it, you know, because, Like where the monkey poles are going to go it faces south and i don't want that southern and it's completely open so it's like you don't want the southern like exposure sun just pounding on things and even this year like on the side facing south one of my ponderosas was there and the whole like side of it exposed like trunk was facing the south and i just i even took it and put the foliage in the front after like thinking about you and last year with that heat wave. And it's like, whether it would do it or not, but I'm not going to expose a a slow water mobility pine to just having like the side of it baked because when it was in the mountains, it was laying flat and all the foliage was up top, you know? So it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's like even stuff like that, but like, oh, do you have like monkey poles and you build this like tier thing, you know, it's like, you could really scale it down into something very functional. Yep. you know but it but it would also look really really neat too so
0: yeah. look at you anyway. look at you that's great man have you have Dude, it you... all cost money i know building cool stuff costs a lot of money
1: <laughs> it does
0: it's a fact it of the does. matter yeah it's a fact of the matter there's like a balance there though i feel like you like you try to find that middle ground of what is like not so not not so advanced that it's like unnecessary you know but it's like right. just enough that it meets your the vibe of your space and and necessities right. and yeah and and yeah. i think that's a I think there's like a really beautiful aesthetic that you can establish with humble materials and really simple execution that um yeah. certainly for mirai that that ha- i think that's been the happy medium uh, for, mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. Yeah. Because architecture can go so far that it's not reasonable anymore.
1: Yeah. 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 So I guess I'm just in the, I'm in the dreaming stage at this point and it's like, what's the next, yeah. What's the next piece? And just pulling the, cause I tend to like, I sit and I think, and I think, and then once my mind's made up then that's when I go, yeah. you know, yes. Yeah. I just yeah I run it around in my head for for a bit and then it's like all right I know I know what to do but too I think with some of this it's it's nice that I'm not like you're not doing it all at once because then your 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 thoughts and how things are going to be laid out like it matures mm-hmm. I think yep you know whereas like I have a billion dollars I can do it all at once it's like well maybe you know doing it over time and 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 not doing it all at once. Let's let your ideas mature. So, in a way, you know, it's like I'm I'm happy with that. Yeah,
0: so. yeah. And I, I think that's like the joy of doing it by doing it yourself. You know, as at least as yeah. much as you can is like you're limited by what you can afford, build. You know, what you have time for versus like what time you need to actually sustain yourself with. And it's like I, I've found that to be an asset for sure. Yeah. The limitation of the limitation of time to be trying to build stuff is probably actually a blessing because you do marinate on things and the idea evolves and it matures and it gets richer. And then there's a point where you're like, that is, that's now it's go time.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Certainly, certainly a, a part of garden design and build that I did not conceptualize was the, was the, um, you know, and and also when I first started building Mariah, I didn't have the I didn't have the financial resources to build more m- more um, timeless sort of in terms of material choice, more timeless structures. Uh-huh. Like I I love the benches that we built. It was very uh, utilitarian um, and a minimal footprint, which I'm thankful for now that I've had to tear it out. Because if it was any more than what it was, it would have been really destructive. But right. um, certainly like thinking about things that don't degrade particularly in the pacific northwest right i mean stone and metal are far better choices here than than wood ever would ever will be yeah you know right uh but in the current you know in the current era of things that's the those, those material choices are very uh expensive and costly and i that was not a reality at that point for me for sure sure
1: yeah yeah i just brought like everything i had at the old house here Mm -hmm. you know because i had it yep you know and it's like i'm i'm just gonna use it now i want to build like nicer benches in the future but for now it's like i just needed to i just needed to get what i had there here and i still had to buy even more but i don't know but yeah but it's nice like being able to spread things out Mm -hmm. like my like trees now it's like there's maybe five six feet between each bench you know so it's like you can water the front very easily, you can water the back really easily, you can stare at it from a distance and you know, so that's I gotta jump back to that, but that's one I don't know, that's one nice thing, but, but yeah, you're timeless. I know your benches look they look really neat.
0: Oh yeah, thanks. It's, no, they've they've been great. It's, it's
1: And it fits like the greenhouse motif.
0: The greenhouse started it all. Yeah. The greenhouse um, started it all. The first greenhouse was the workhorse, which yeah. got got us very, very far. Uh, the the second greenhouse really kicked off the next era, uh, in the garden for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But they're mobile. That's, that's the thing that I really never, I didn't really understand how to make a, um, a structurally sound, simple mobile bench. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, and it was just like, I stumbled across, it was actually, I was, uh, I was, uh, hiking and I stumbled across a, um, like a picnic area in a national park and Mm -hmm. there was this simple benching system. And I was just like, that is fantastic. Uh That was it. I was like, let's do that. It's easy. It was, uh, you know, as affordable as it could be. Um, yeah. And that's, and it's worked out quite well. It's really worked out Uh well the first year with them. I'm quite happy with them. In fact, they've exceeded, they've exceeded expectation for sure. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see over time how it all works out. The 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 sure. shade structure will definitely bring about another reorganization of the garden and it'll it'll point to more things for sure. Yeah. But we're still, you know, the other crazy thing is is we're still fixing and running infrastructure through the garden, which is like power you know, uh-huh. uh, water lines, etc. Like, I thought that we would probably be past that at this point. But it turns out um, that the trenching uh, machine still needs to be very close at hand for us. Uh-huh. Which is a little disappointing, I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm pretty tired of yeah. digging and filling in trenches. Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't trenched yet, but that's on my... It's coming. It's coming because I, I need to water, run water out to... Yeah, so if you, like, if I'm running water and electricity, right, out to out to my greenhouse, it's like, in your greenhouse, what is the, I don't know, do you have, like, a regret or something you would change different? Yeah, or that you would do different when it's, like, like, the placement of water or, I don't know, or no, maybe not, but... No, no, yeah.
0: the first greenhouse, for sure, the second one... Everything that I regretted about the first greenhouse, I changed in the <laughs> yeah. second greenhouse, and I'm pretty psyched on it, it. But, but I'll also tell you, <laughs> my experience building this garden is that in order to make it really functional in the end, you're going to have to go through some pretty uncomfortable construction moments in the middle, and uh-huh. when we had the greenhouse structure built so that we actually knew the footprint of the greenhouse, then I trenched the interior of the greenhouse for all of the water and electrical and mm-hmm. uh, propane for the heaters. And um, that was by far the most uncomfortable infrastructural moment uh, of any build at Mirai thus far, because uh, we were already inside of the structure. It wasn't finished at all, but like it, I could have really messed up a lot of stuff. Um and the amount of utility trenching that had to take place in there was significant, you know, so it was tight space. I couldn't get the dingo into certain areas, so I had to hand dig a lot of the trenches. There's The reason that we came up with the mobile benching system is because in the current greenhouse, I can't dig into the ground because there's too many utilities underneath the surface. be putting posts in the in the ground i just can't do it so it it turned Uh into like i've got to set something on the surface of the greenhouse now Uh and that and that really um serendipitously you know created the benching system in the garden too because it was like oh Uh this is great i have total flexibility now
1: uh yeah Yeah, cool
0: yeah yeah all of those odd little discoveries well are you um have you been i saw i've seen pictures of you in the mountains have you been getting out
1: Um, I did, I've gone more like this year than in the past couple years. And then I'm going to go like, I'm going to go later this week, right? Maybe even the next three days I'm going to go up. Um, so yes, I have, I don't know. I just might, I still have a lot. I I have a lot of trees, Yeah. right still. But I just, I want to just make sure I, I keep a, a really good inventory of trees for, for students, you know?
0: Sure. Makes sense. And,
1: and myself.
0: Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Are you And and uh, are you finding yourself with the tree time that you have? Are you working on trees that are more refined that you're maintaining? Or are you designing new trees right now?
1: Yeah, it was... Well, this like this weekend was junipers. Uh, we were doing juniper work. So like a couple of the trees... Uh, it was both. Like a couple of the trees were refinement or like trees I let that I let students work on that were like really overgrown so we had to like you just had a lot of like all the structural wire was biting in so we basically we had to cut everything off and then rewire it right uh-huh. and so um, like that even started like a week or so ago um, and so like that was one thing I was finally finishing up today was like a tree with that but then yeah there's still it was, it was both refinement work on junipers and then like initial structure on some junipers. And so they're still in the workshop. So that's what I was working on like two today is, is, uh, I have to finish, finish those trees up, you know? So, so yeah, it's both, but I haven't done here. I haven't done a lot of like spruce work or like a lot of pine work yet. So it's, I mean, I, I feel like there's a lot, there's a lot of work I, I need to catch up on. Um, but I just, like, I had to build a garden, yeah. and then I still, I, I need to get out in, in the mountains. So, and then I have I don't know, it's interesting. Like, I, I'm having more people bring trees to me and ask me to wire them. So, I have, like, I have a line of a line of trees I have to get wired, you know, for, like, different shows or our club show. Um, but then, too, I have, like, today there was a, a student, and he was like, hey, do you need help? And so, I was like, sure, you know, if you ever you want to volunteer you know and and come in here and and i can show you stuff so he was like helping me he was helping me with some juniper work and then i have a guy that comes every thursday or wednesday depending if i'm here or not and he helps me out with stuff you know and hmm. uh, so yeah so it's like trying to to like have an open door an open door for people that want to you know want to volunteer that that i can use their help with you yeah. know um i don't know because because you have that at your place with a few people. And, you know, it's like, I, I made I made notes of that. And it's like, that's that's a neat, like atmosphere, like that you've created there. And it's like, I want to do the same thing, not like, you know, it's like, you just, you could either have to be a student, you know, or you can come and be a visitor. It's like, if yeah, it's like, if, if I, I need to assess, right? What their abilities are, but the two, if I can, if you want to come in and, and do like he worked seven hours today and you know it's like put some time in it's like it'll help me it'll help you you know yeah. um yep so
0: that's a good just marriage. wanting to create it huh it's a good marriage it's a good marriage of you know it's, it's a good it's a good marriage of things i think yeah spreads good it and
1: too like adam yeah and adam up at his place you know it's like he had he always it's like he he, he just had an open door for people you know up there to come and and just work on trees with them you know so that's that's what i one thing I'm, I'm trying to create here just yeah it's like let's just just work on trees and it's like because i i learn from you know it's like i i have i look at these trees all the time and someone comes in and has a different idea it's like yeah that's you know it's mm-hmm. like the collaboration and learning from other people you know because so anyway yeah it is I, I feel like it's a it's a good marriage and you've done that really well so it's that was something I just, I, I made note of. And too, like, Bridget likes doing ceramics, you know? And so it's like, oh. we have a, yeah, she likes, she 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 did that until COVID hit. Like, when we first met, she always, she, she did ceramics and made stuff. And she's made me a Bones Like Pot. So it's like, we want to get like a studio for her, uh, not in the barn, but up right, right next to the house. We have the, a big garage. And it's like, could we put a, like a ceramic studio in there for her? Great. You know, I, Unbelievable. I kept to her, yeah, I kept talking to her about, you know, that and it's like, well, maybe you could have, like, people over or just, you know, whatever. It's not monetary, but just like, I don't know, just create a good art atmosphere, sure. you know, I, I think would be, would be neat. But yeah, but I have like, I don't know, it's like trying to now consolidate people because it's pretty neat, like all these people now more than before are like, hey, can I come by and see your place? It's like, sure, and then I can talk, I, like, I talk them through everything, but it, it's neat that just the traffic and interest that, that I'm getting, you know, as people come in out of town, you know, someone was here from Colorado Springs and someone was here from California today, you know? Yeah. And a couple days ago, someone was here from Houston and Jim Doyle stopped in and, you know, so, I don't know, it's, it's just, it's neat, it's neat, so. If you build it, they will come.
0: What? Oh yeah. <laughs> no, oh yeah. I know. That field, yeah. field, of dreams. Well, you know why though. I mean, ultimately, there aren't that many places where 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 somebody's building their dream. You know, like that's yeah. a good that's a good thing to be a part of. It's a good thing to witness, yeah. and it's a good yeah. thing to witness at the beginning and then see how it yeah. progresses. Which you're doing something yeah. really special. I'm so proud of you, man, because it's it's very yeah, cool. It's, like, it's thanks. uh, you're forever but, cursed, though. Yeah. You're gonna I know be- it's
1: a new life it's a it's a it's a lifestyle now, right? right.
0: There it is. Yeah. 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 You dove you dove way in. And Bridget's a fan of everything that's going down. She's into it.
1: Yeah, she is, and like she loves the house too. hmm Which was you know, that's that's really important. But she's I don't know, she's like a good supporter with everything. Like also because I don't know, I don't feel I'm very far, but she's like, well just look at the workshop, you know, cause it feels like it just takes so long and it feels like I should be building something every day, but it's like, I, I can't, you know? So yeah. it's like, you just, I get frustrated cause it's like, I feel like I should be further along and I should already have boulders in and I should already have landscaping in. And it's like, no, that's, mm. I've been here two months,
0: you know? Uh, so it's like, yeah.
1: and I, and I had to rebuild a pole barn to make it a functional workshop. So it's, you know, I know it's
0: just, yeah. But you do want it all at once. I mean, uh, th- that's human nature, right? Like, can <laughs> we, we just do. have this done already so that we can, like, yeah. realize this vision in our brain? Yeah, no, I, yeah. yeah, I, uh,
1: no, yeah, she's, yeah, Bridget's super and, and she's, she's really happy and it really is. It's a, we're just so fortunate that we were able to, to get this place
0: yeah. because
1: I'm seven minutes from my last house. That's so crazy. That's it, crazy. Yeah. I know people show up. They're like, we had no idea that there was this much land, like in Denver. And it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I knew it because I lived right across the street from this, pretty much this area for twelve years. So it's like driving to Home Depot, I'd see these horse properties. It's like, there, there's still land there, but yeah, it's it's there's it's we we lucked out. We lucked out. So
0: you know, but too when
1: we started we started looking for a house. It's like okay. My last house was like 0. 0.12 acres, right? 6,000 square feet. And then we'd go look at a place and it's like a third of an acre. It's like, oh, look how big this is, you know? And then you see a half an acre. And then we go and see like three quarters of an acre. And then it's like the half acre doesn't look so big anymore, you right. know? So it's right. Because that's what we got. We got three quarters of an acre. And so it's like, I, I, I once, once we saw this, like the first time, then it's like, well, all those other places, you you just eat it up too quickly.
0: Yeah, that's you all know? the space you're it's ever like, going to need. Yeah, it's like we'll
1: eat this up too. You know, For it's sure. like this will get eaten up. You know, and it's like you could but it's it's like this is this is this is manageable. You know, it's like, but then I understand why you have a Troy and why you have like a team there because it's like there's only so much one person can do if I'm going to try to also. I mean, I could just weed. I could just weed in the backyard for, for a few days, you know? And it's,
0: uh, yeah. And you're like, and you're like trying to teach and travel and collect and make trees and it, yeah, yeah. no, it's, 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 it's a, it's a major proposition, major proposition. Are you now, now you have been traveling though. I've been keeping track. You were in, you said you were in Idaho and visited Jason. I I feel like I saw pictures from Iowa. I, I definitely saw pictures from Mexico.
1: Yeah, Mexico, Iowa. Uh, I was actually in Carbondale. Um,
0: oh, my old stomping I grounds. Did you a
1: picture. I was there last week, and then I'm going there. But it's like shorter trips. So I was in Iowa because, like, I went there for two days. So I flew in the night before, worked all day, worked the next day, and then flew out that night. You wow. know, So it's, it's not like the 10-day trips or the two-week trips. It's like, I don't know three, four days or what I'm, like, trying. It's just a little, like, shorter trips. I can't do 18 days again where I'm working 17 of them or, you know, I'm gone 20. I, I, that, that's not what I'm wanting to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, yeah, short trips. Like Carbondale, it's, like, great. I can leave in the afternoon. I can leave at 5 o'clock, be to Carbondale by 8 o'clock, work three days, drive back. So I'm really only gone, you know. I'm gone I'm gone three nights, so it's but it's just it's it's not that bad, so it's like i I like these shorter trips, and two, it's like three hours from here, so it's not I don't have to go to the airport. I don't have to fly anywhere yeah. Minnesota went to Minnesota
0: hang on, I want to stop at carbondale i, I oh. you know I spent my uh the majority of my teen years trying to find somebody doing bonsai on the western slope of Colorado and i couldn't uh-huh. find a single individual and now you're working with somebody in the town that i grew up in uh huh that's crazy yeah. that's great it, what
1: it, like el el mm
0: mm-hmm. mhm
1: yeah so that's that's where he that's where he lives
0: wow so. very cool man that's great yeah. i always yeah. I, I never really understood that's such a ripe western colorado is such a ripe uh area for yamadori and and um and bonsai in general if you have the facilities i guess you know but but um that's funny my my i just talked to my dad last night they are they just uh sold their place and completely moved out of the roaring fork river valley they're gone for good Uh yeah bittersweet
1: uh
0: they live in arizona now oh they do yep arizona all through and through, which I never yeah. thought I would see the day where my family would no longer be in Colorado. But right. it, the time has come. They just just yeah. packed up all their stuff and drove it to Arizona. Uh, they got there last night. So yeah. it's kind of wild. Kind of wild. What life life moving on?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. It's mm. be- it's so the Roaring Fork River Valley is beautiful though. Forever imprinted in my soul.
1: Yeah, I mean it's pretty interesting. Like driving here to Carbondale. Like you go up, like it's I seventy, go over like that uh, Johnson Tunnel, uh, Eisenhower Tunnel. And then you go into Silverthorne, and it's like it's nice and mountainy. And then like once you get out of there, like it's I don't know. It's it it's like the it's very like it seems very dry. Yeah, you're in the foothills you know, it's of like, the desert. The climate it changes. Yep, like pretty drastically. Um, yeah, so that, I don't know. That was one thing. I know within three hours, over the mountain, within an hour, it's like, oh, this is this looks very different from from what I just drove through.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. I always love going to Denver because you get into the heart of the Rocky Mountains. Being in the foothills, oh, yeah. you know, it's like you're you're one step into the desert, into the Utah desert. Yeah, yeah. right there. Yeah, I almost sent
1: you a pic because I was like, Ryan took this trip many on this road many a time going to see Harold. So I almost did. I was like, I was like, I wonder if I took a picture of this mountain and just sent it to him without saying anything, if he would know where I was, you know? Because it's like the rocks all red, yeah, like in different portions. And it's like, I, I wonder, I bet, I bet he, he might know where I, where I am. So
0: I would, yeah, I would know. Well, I, I think yeah. I would know. I'd like to think I would I, know, but it's, it's I, been I, a hot, I, it's been a hot minute since I've been back in the valley. So, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to take Taft so that we could go fishing, you know, by family. Uh, has been there for like seven generations so right. I wanted to um I wanted to have to be the eighth generation to fish at our family's fishing hole but it'll have to wait uh, it'll have to be a, uh, a more orchestrated trip right in the future yeah uh, are you traveling anytime soon
1: i'm going back to carbondale not this coming weekend I think i'm gonna leave monday and i'll be there i'll go on tuesday i'm driving back up Cool. Because the guy up there has a, I don't know how many trees—thirty or forty trees—but they're all, like, they're all really big. Like, they're big Procumbens. They're big, uh, big San Jose's. They all came from California. Huh. Uh, Interesting. So he's got, he's got a, he's got a lot of work. He's got a lot of work up there. So.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, when, uh, when we, when we conceptualize this podcast we were talking about um jerry morris and sort of the uh. the memory of jerry morris which which your post on instagram stories was not lost on me of the magical land that jerry sort of brought to the forefront of of bonsai lore right like the fin um but uh i talked with adam when he was out here recently and he's like hey man i just I don't know the podcast it's it gives me a lot of anxiety and I was like that's totally cool but um but maybe nobody's spent more time in the mountains with Jerry Morris Morris than you have and one of like the biggest you know sort of I think um one of the most sad things is for somebody that's given so much to the community to um you know to to pass away and to not be necessarily remembered or for people to know uh, exactly how that person had contributed. And that's what brought about the idea to to talk about Jerry Morris, because Nick Lenz yeah. passed away, and then Jerry Morris passed yeah. away very very shortly after Nick Lenz passed away. Yeah. And I think a majority of North America knew Nick Lenz and his work and his book, but I don't think a majority of North America knows Jerry Morris. Yeah. You know?
1: I don't think they know Jerry Morris. I think they know... Like the spruces, a lot of people know as spruces, and then I mean, there is a whole like he was very well known too with the um, uh, dwarf conifers.
0: Right. Oh yeah, that's true, huh? The Jerry Morris Rocky Mountain collection.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's that at the Botanic Gardens, but too, like he would he people had him from all over the country because he I I forget how many I want to say there's like. There's over, I think, 200 dwarf conifers that Jerry named, mm. um, because he would go, he would find, he would just travel, he'd find these brooms, he would either like climb up, and and cut them out, or he would shoot them out with uh, shoot them out of trees <laughs> with shotguns, or he would pay people like someone to climb up there and get them, and then he would come back and he would graft them, and so I remember there's a there was a, um, a nursery called Timberline. That was in arvada and i went over there and it was it was a dwarf conifer um that it was like it was it had jerry morris's name on and it was like named sonny or so that's his wife you know or it was one of his kids or something but, but yeah he uh, he was well known for the for the conifers um but yeah before he passed like one of the he lived in idledale growing up and so i went over there and i was just because i still like even I don't know I'd, I'd go see him maybe or i'd call him for sure like every once a week maybe twice every other week and mm-hmm. i'd still like just talk to him and i'd talk to his wife and then uh when i was in town i'd try to go over there and so one time i was over there and we hadn't gone to the mountains for a while and it was like three in the afternoon or something so it's like we didn't really have time but i was like well let's just drive in the mountains so me and him just went and so he showed me you know where he lived in idledale which is just like right above red rocks And so, like, we drove up in there, and, you know, when we would go to the mountains, he would always tell me, like, we'd be driving on I-70 or 285 or wherever we were going, and he'd be like, yeah, right down. See that dirt road? That used to be I-70 in here, you know? So, he, like, Hmm. he lived in those mountains. When he was uh, 13, I think he was 13, his father broke his back. And so, Jerry... had to quit school and provide for the family and so he would he went out and he would hunt and he like provided food for the family and he would fix the car and you know all that stuff until his father uh was able to walk again but it took it was like a year or so you know and so i don't know it was fun to like just drive up into idledale and see uh see where he where he grew up you know and and I don't know the dirt roads that he had to take to get into school. Cause he like have to go into bear Valley or something like that, you know? And right. I don't know. It's like, he's, he, he was a really tough, he was a tough man, you know? And, and there's people like, he, like there's manly men. And, you know, it's like, Jerry was like, he was a manly man. Like he was a tough old school human being, you know, that just that went through a lot and endured a lot. Um, as a person, yeah. So I, I
0: don't remember. Know. I mean, <laughs> when I first met Jerry, Harold, Harold <laughs> took me over to his property where he was housing these full-size bristlecone pines and limber pines uh-huh. that he was digging out of private property for a project in Aspen. Uh-huh. And uh, uh-huh. and I, I like, I, I I actually found pictures of. Uh, of my trip to Jerry's place like uh, last week on my computer. And I was just looking at it and I showed it to Ira and I was like, can you believe this dude like dug these full size, full size ancient trees, boxed them up, cared for them with windshields and misting systems and shade cloth. He had a, you know, profound success rate. But I remember I like, I was over there two or three times while he was working on those bigger trees Um. And one of the times his grandson was there uh-huh. <laughs> and Jerry Harold was like, yeah, hey, his grandson goes and helps him out in the mountains. And I was like, what's that like? Thinking like, this must be awesome. And his grandson's like, it's the worst experience that I've had in my entire life. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, what do you mean? And he's yeah. like, my grandpa's not that nice when it comes to digging yeah. trees. That <laughs> uh-huh. I just really, I just really like, it was such a night nice, because Jerry was always so friendly and and would yeah. Freely share all of his knowledge, sure. But uh, he yeah. clearly had some true grit about him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like he took me to Nevada one time, and we dug and we were digging trees and we were getting ready to ball them up and and he was yelling at me and I'm like, why Why are you yelling at me? <laughs> and he's like, he was in my face about not even in my face, but he was on me about like making sure the balls didn't fall apart, you mm-hmm. know, because we were digging these junipers out of the ground and. Yeah. So, yeah, he's—I don't know—I he's one of those one of those people I always thought like they're immortal. Yeah. You know, it's like my dad was the same thing. You know, Mm -hmm. and and my dad's alive, but it's like no, Jerry's—he's—he's not immortal. You know, but he—he was one of those people that I always, always, always—I always felt what were you know. So
0: he he um he struck me. And and I know he had a background in the military, um, but didn't he? He had a background in the military, yeah. He did. He was in the mil- He
1: was a cook in the military, and so like one of the things he was known for was he would make these huge donuts, and they said like they would fit over like his hand. So when he would make them, and then like he's running to the trenches to get the soldiers these donuts, and he would have donuts like hanging off of his arm because he just he made him so big.
0: Wow. Okay. You know? So I, I did not I, I was not he, aware he was a cook in the military. That yeah. that's yeah. very I think interesting. I that was one of
1: the things they found out he could cook and so Yeah. So I in the army. I think he was he was in the army, but yeah, military. I'm sorry, I keep
0: no, 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 no. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm so happy that <laughs> I'm so happy you just told me that. But uh that's fascinating too. But um One of the things that he had told me about in this whole – his whole, like, horticultural capacity is maybe what people don't – you know, because, like, some people's talent is artistry. Some people's talent is sort of uh, a lack of limitations. Like, I would say Randy Knight – Randy Knight's talented in so many ways. He really has a lack of limitation. You know, like, he doesn't see – he doesn't see the Mm. same – uh, impediments that that the average people see He, nothing, right. there's not a scope that's too big and Jerry was that kind uh, of a person yeah. but, but like Jerry's horticultural skills came from like some magic I mean he was like gifted with those it seems out of nowhere because he wasn't horticulturally trained uh-uh. but somehow he was able to solve and challenge a lot of the great horticultural Necessities and myths and uh cha- and I would say horticultural conundrums on a macro yeah. scale. Like he he told me one time about um, being called down to Disney World in Orlando because they had planted some full size ficuses that they had imported or brought from some rare. Yeah. land Al- And yeah. then and then he told them they needed misters and they put sprinklers instead of misters and it started the root rot and then the ficus were dying and he came down and. He dumped hydrogen peroxide in the soil and like saved them. And it's just like, who, who are you? You know, like where did this uh, come from? And it was all self-taught from what I gathered.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I he, yeah, he figured a lot of that out just on his own. Um, I know like he worked for, I think it's called the Denver Tree Company. So he worked for them and then he bought it. You know so i don't know like if too, like part of that time what he figured out from from working for them but then he bought the company then he sold the company you know and then he started working for the gentleman up in aspen um but yeah i mean there was one time i was saying it was like the same thing with that not the same but with like the roots need oxygen right he knew that so it's like how do you get these how do you get oxygen into the roots of these ficus trees that are dying you know mm-hmm. and so i think that was part of it. And then but one time too i was talking to him he's like well why don't you like put a air hose into the soil under a tree and then you pump oxygen into the into like a permeable hose that would go into the, like a tree and you could get oxygen that way too and it's like oh wow you know <laughs> or two talking about you know oh, oh wow <laughs> I mean, about that, you know but yeah. he did he thought he was, it's, yeah, like sometimes, like I, I see things as like a bigger obstacle than maybe it is, or it's like, I get intimidated, intimidated by things sometimes. And it's like, like you were saying with Randy, it's like, I don't think he does. I don't think Jerry did either. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just, I want, I, I want to dig this tree. To me, it's like, good Lord, how, how long is it going to take? Can I even move it? Can I even carry it? How do I get it out? And it's like, there's to them that's that's not an issue right you know it's like you just do it you just do it and it's like but jerry was that way he just yeah it's like he didn't i mean he used to like he would go up to i don't know like tree line or even taller and he would like he was crazy on uh snowmobiles and so there'd be these giant bowls like in the, in the mountain, you know, and it's like, you see, and he, and he'd be like, yeah, we, we wouldn't go up straight. We'd go around like in the bowl. And he's like, you have to like gun it and you have to keep that snowmobile at a certain, certain speed, because if you slow down, you're going down the hill, you know, going down the mountain. And it's like, he's, he'd do that all the time and people would come in to do small snowmobile rides with, with him. And he would go on some of these passes where it's like, he, Sonny would tell me too. It's like, she would go with him. And it's like the like maybe there's four of them and Jerry's driving and all three other people are on the other side to try to counter balance the car cuz they're about to go off some edge or something you know so it's like he was just he, he didn't he had no fear of things you know
0: Yeah. Yeah. But It's a different breed. Is he was a different breed. It, he was he was cut cut off yeah. a different cut off a different block for sure. Yeah. yeah. But 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 I mean the thing that made him so special is he was such a people person yeah you know he made people yeah, feel he good loved
1: kids he loved kids like that's his like grandchildren and the family and you know and but he was like i'm sorry yeah I keep going but he he was a he loved people he loved people
0: so yeah yeah you spent more time i mean uh you know of anybody that that really hung with you you spent more time with him in the mountains than anybody
1: yeah yeah I, I mean he took me to utah for the first time to look at trees you know so it's he was the one that really introduced me to to what yamadori is mm-hmm. you know i thought it was like you go to lowe's and or home depot and you get this garden juniper or procumbens that's like three feet tall and you just crush the hell out of it and it <laughs> looks like those japanese junipers in the coco books you know i was like oh, i thought that he's like what are you doing on this date you know it's like two months out I was like we're going to Utah. you know so he did he, he he took me out there and um yeah he, he was he was the one that first showed me like how to collect trees and you know and and everything but um yeah and so we, we would even we go in the mountains and it's like we had different bird calls you know it's like i had a I'm like an owl, you know, and he'd be like a crow or something. And so we'd be out and it's like, we'd just be hooting back and forth just so we could like keep track of each other, you know, and stuff like that. But yeah, but he always had stories. He always had, you know, a, a lot to say. He always had his, I mean too, like when, like this year I'm, I'm, I'm changing like a, a mix I put spruce in because I, I always put them in like a lot of pumice and Jerry would put them in like a pumice turfus. Fafford five, which is like a, like a peat. I think it's like a peat base. Right. It's like base mix. And he put it in there. And like the more I kept thinking about it, like he has the roots that would generate on trees that he was growing in that versus the pumice. They were like, they were finer and there seemed to be more feeder roots versus like in, in pumice. And so it's like, it took me a while, but it's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to, I think I'm gonna change a little more or even leave maybe a little more fines of of the pumice in there so things that hold a little more water when it comes to the spruce you know and that was I don't know he just he, he kind of like figured out all these mixtures of things and um, yeah but I don't know he was like an innovator he was an innovator when it came to a lot of things as like I don't always like I didn't necessarily agree with everything he did you know sure. or I changed or like as I kept going and like studying with you, it's like things I did change. But it's like Jerry could grow trees. You know, he he could grow trees, and there is no doubt, no doubt about like his ability, his ability to grow and and him understanding. You know what what trees needed because even like at at his place where you were, you know, where he had like the shade structure, like he understood the str- the shade and the wind, and having misters on it, and you know, it's like he. Like the greenhouses he had, you know, all the the hoop houses he had there. He, I don't know, he had a really a really neat setup, and and he taught he taught me a lot, you know, when I was when I was first starting out, and um, yeah, I don't know, I just I miss him, you know, because I I loved him like a father, yeah, you know, it's like I, I I really did, and and I and I'm very I still I call son I call his wife every probably every other week. Mm-hmm. You know, just to check in and see how she's doing or like, I've, I've gone over there and see, you know, so it's like, it's, it's not just him. It's like the family, you know, I just, I, 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 I love, I, I love Jerry, you know, so. Yeah. Um
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you lost him, man.
1: Yeah. But he went quick. That's the thing though. Mm-hmm. Like when he, when he did go, he went quickly. So it wasn't like this, it wasn't prolonged, you know? So that's. I'm, I'm grateful for that. So,
0: And you guys had, had now you had taken him up into the mountains or you guys had been up there fa- fairly uh, recent to his passing, hadn't you? Or within like six six months to a year? I yeah. mean, he was still yeah. wanting to yeah. be in the mountains.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's all he wanted to do. And so I think like too, he'd get frustrated. So I would still, um, like he had fallen a couple times, so he couldn't he, had, he he couldn't walk as well as he used to, you know, but I still, yeah, within the last year of his passing, we, we've gone up maybe three times, you know, and so I'd take him up, and at that point, he was, like, he would dig, like, little seedlings, but he, he really liked picking up pieces of deadwood, you know, and then he would, like, spray paint them, and he'd, like, screw them to, he'd find, like, animal faces in them and screw them to pieces of wood and then like glue on like little googly eyes and stuff <laughs> and he just had like hundreds of these things all over his backyard but that's what that's what he would do before that so i would go like i'd be like jerry where are you going and he's like i'm gonna be in this area so then i'd go dig a couple things and i'd come back and start hooting like an owl and he'd hoot and so i'd come and find him and then i'd take off again you know but it, it's still yeah it got to a point to where it's like okay I he still wants to go. I still want to go, so I'll still take him. But I'm gonna drive. I'm I'll, I'll be the one that drives. You know, but he just. I mean, that's all. That's all he wanted to do was. He just wanted to be in the mountains, and he was frustrated because he could.
0: You know. Do you know? Do you know how he, got connected with the project in Aspen, and and just to just to give everyone listening context, essentially there was a project in aspen uh with a very significant estate there where the uh-huh. gentleman wanted to recreate an ancient forest in his backyard and uh they this gentleman basically took massive diamond saws into uh some private property and cut apart an entire rock wall uh into cubes and they trucked it to Aspen and they reconstructed an entire Canyon in this dude's backyard. And they created planting pockets that he wanted Jerry to fill with bristlecone and limber pines, full size trees. Right. Uh, I mean, would you say that's an accurate ass- uh, assessment no, that, of the, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah and, and I mean like full size trees,
0: full size trees, massive trees, full
1: size trees. Yeah, Massive yeah.
0: trees that, that, that Jerry was digging out over a prolonged number of years per tree in the mountains, correct? I mean, he would go and he yeah. would excavate and he would build boxes around them, cultivate roots in the mountains, eventually extract the tree, then transport it to his facility in Denver, care for it, and then he would flatbed truck it to Aspen and then they would crane it into the location and he would... Yeah. I mean, provide the aftercare he took over engineering on the canyon wall because they were having reverberations from the steel supports Um, and stuff like he just he just like did this thing right like that will never be seen nobody's ever going to see that project it's a private property but it's like probably one of the more monumental probably one of the more monumental construction projects that's ever happened of that nature in the world i'm guessing
1: yeah yeah i mean i i don't i don't know of others of that scale i've never been there like that's the thing i never i never went up. me and him kept talking about it and i, I never got to. i've seen pictures i've been, i've seen pictures of it but I, i've never i never went up there um but yeah how to be honest i'm not exactly sure how he got like i know that like the family, but I don't know how he got connected to them. Like whether it was through, oh, it might have been through, like the Denver Tree Company.
0: Oh, they may have yeah.
1: connected him. It. And then this guy was like, "Why don't you just work for me and sell your business?" Right. So to me, logically, that makes sense. Whether that is actually how it went down, I don't know. But that, uh, that would make sense to me as to how he got, how he got uh, hooked up with them
0: that makes so that 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 actually that actually seems like that would be legitimate although that guy probably realized once he started working with Jerry how lucky he was to have found this right. this gentleman but like clearly Jerry was probably already being Jerry with the Denver tree company and that's probably why this guy found him cuz he was just doing these right. profound things with full yeah. size i mean full size trees yeah. that's a yeah. whole another world and Jerry was able to move between the world of tiny tree. I mean, I remember walking through his greenhouse with him where he had the hoop houses, and there's, like, 5,000 dug fir seedlings, and he's like, you see that one right there? And I'd be like, the one of 5,000 in the flat that's got a 100 See that one right there is growing differently. And I was uh-huh. just like, what? Yeah, that one's uh-huh. different. That one is growing different. I think I'm going to watch that one. It's like, this is, You've got you've got millions of plants here. How do you, and he just, he just knew it was like really weird.
1: Yeah. I would ask him too. It's like, well, how do you like, how do you like find these things? And how do you know? And he's like, you just got to go in the mountains and look, you know? And so that's what, that's just what he would do. But yeah, he did. Yeah. Like just, yeah. The like seeds from brooms, you know? And it's like, he'd plant them and then he'd just, he'd, he'd find these odd just cultivars and yeah he would he'd be like yeah this one's a little different or when we would go out he'd dig something he's like see this it's like yeah he's like this one's a little different it's like okay i trust <laughs> you because I, I don't see it but I, i'm sure i'm like really it's like yeah i'm, I'm sure i'm sure he does you he know was like
0: yeah he was like a cross between johnny appleseed and rain man it was really quite yeah. quite a, quite an interesting uh-huh. character quite an interesting character trait that he had but uh see when you talked about the deadwood with the googly eyes and the animal face that that reminded me because when Harold introduced me to him Harold was like hey you know Jerry this guy is like the real deal like he he is he's going to blow your mind he's like I don't know how you know. I don't know what you'll think about the design of his trees so much, but like his horticultural knowledge, his his understanding of the mountains, his memory—like he's just like insane. And I remember going over there, and Jerry's like, "You want to see a real bonsai? Check this out." And his big thing was like tanukis. He loved making tanukis. Yeah, he loved them. And I always thought that was just like you're out there digging full-size ancient bristlecone pines. And you're fascinated, infatuated with Tanuki production.
1: Yeah,
0: this is really interesting. A... I
1: mean, he had hundreds of them. <laughs> you know? but he would like he would he would he go up and get like this, and two like those Tanukis. Like he'd find the cool deadwood, mm-hmm. but then he would find this one like sapling of a juniper, and it's like see that one that the color's different on that one, or the foliage is a little different on right. that one, and then he would integrate that into a Tanuki. You know, but all the all of those junipers when the Tanukis, when you would look at him, he'd be like, see that, see that, like you were saying, it's like he would notice like differences in the, or maybe it's tighter. This one's a little tighter right? or it's like colors or, but he would notice like different subtleties to the, to the foliage or the way they grew. So yeah, they're like weepers, you know, that, that he would just, he, he would find these species and, and then he, he just would love them. You know, it's like, look at this, like at times he would, he would dig some trees and it's it's like just this stick, you know, and, it, and I'm like, why'd you dig that? He's like, look at it. You know, he just was so <laughs> in love with the foliage and yeah. just how it looked. It's like, look, that's a, that's a good plant right there, you know, and that's right. the thing too. It's like there were no trees, right? He didn't call them trees. It's like, that's a nice plant. Everything was a plant, you know, oh. so it's, yeah, it's That's yeah. Interesting.
0: It's interesting. It's interesting what you said. That guy could grow a tree that's a that's a that's a, a skill set that's not prized enough in the modern era of not only boneside but just like the world in general. people that can grow things, that's like a big deal. That's a really yeah. big deal, you know, like I think I think because we have food in a grocery store and it's like, well, lots of people can grow things, look, here's all this food that they've grown, and it's like, yeah, yeah, but there's a difference between there's a difference between Jerry Morris growing something and Heinzer Monrovia growing something. You know, this is a person that's like able to grow anything, extract anything and grow anything. And he told me about a moss experiment that he had been hired by a research facility to Uh test the pH uh, and moisture tolerances of specific species of moss. And they, they were under the impression that this moss could only grow, you know, in an acidic pH under, you know, moist conditions. And he said, I had to prove to them that they were wrong, That's that, that that is not what defines uh, the environment where this moss can grow. So I grew it under a highly alkaline, dry condition and it was like well how did you do that and he's like well you got to know what what moss needs to survive it's not acidity and moisture it's it's sunlight and a you know smaller degree of airflow or something like that and he's like so i i changed the airflow pattern and i changed the sunlight exposure and lo and behold alkalinity had no bearing on the moss's success and it's like well how did you learn that and he's like we well, just think about it and that is like that's a skill set that you know is like well, really not common and 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 I still do very much wonder where that comes from because you know and and and, and, I, and, I, and I brought up Randy before and I'll bring him up again I was just over at his house the other day and that guy can grow a freaking tree. I mean, he can straight yeah. up grow a tree. Like, people talk about Randy as if, like, wow, it's amazing he goes to the mountains and he collects these trees and he hauls them down. It's like, yes, all of that is amazing. But what's more amazing is the fact that he brings them home and they all survive.
1: Right.
0: You know, that's what's amazing about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, d- yeah, it's true. Randy, Randy does. He can, He can grow trees. He
0: can grow trees. Uh, he can straight up grow trees. Yeah. Being a, being a nurseryman is is you know the green industry is not not a lucrative profession i i I realized that very quickly studying horticulture in college i mean the horticultural facility at cal poly is no longer no longer there i i went back to san luis obispo last year and the horticultural facility has been dismantled and replaced with like engineering or architecture or some of these other lucrative lucrative and in-demand industries but like you know to be able to grow shit and understand what that means is like really imperative for our future as human beings. Um, And I have a lot of respect for it because honestly, like the biggest challenge that I have in bonsai is not how to wire, how to technically bend, how to repot it's, it's how on a day in day out basis to grow a healthy tree. Yeah. That is the challenge. That's the challenge. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. And that's like one thing, I don't know like here i don't know i don't know if it's a struggle but there is a big learning curve coming to this new facility i know, would ima- and, and, i would
0: imagine compared to your old backyard which you were which you were the master of your domain
1: yeah yeah it's a whole yeah it's a lot different and too it's like it, this year was i think harder on some trees because i had to take them from my house take them up to adam's house and like up there that's a whole another thing and then bring them down to here you know so it's i think the tree uh, the trees are fine you know um they're fine but there's i don't know there's somewhere it's like you're you're growing a little different this year you know Mm -hmm. it's like if we're gonna look at dairy it's like oh you're you're a little different you know whether it's like maybe I don't know maybe the shade cloth is like the maybe it's a little too high not like height wise but the amount you know it's like the amount of shade or whatever you know but it's like it's just or maybe it's like just being transported over into three different locations yeah. you know in a matter of a month or so um, um so i don't know it it is it's things are Things are growing. They, it's, it's, it's a little. I'm, I'm, I'm having to pay a little more attention to how things are growing. Yeah. You know, just because it's a, it's a different. It's like, are you shedding this this foliage because it's just weak, and it was like there wasn't really anything there, or are you getting too much sun? You know, like around the edge of, of the shade structure, or you know, it's like what I'm, I'm. I just have to pay more more attention to to how things are growing this yeah. year. So,
0: yeah, I can tell you, um, I can tell you for me, uh, you know, last year we got bit by 10 years of not having enough sun at Mirai and constantly trying to create more sun, more heat for Western conifers to grow in the Pacific Northwest, Mm -hmm. you know? And then last year we got nailed with that radical heat, um, But one thing that I am acutely aware of this year is the fact that uh, for whatever reason, and this is like part of the Engelman mystery that you and I have talked about, which I think Engelman spruce may be the most complicated species to cultivate as bonsai. I used to say Doug fir. I'm going to say Doug fir and Engelman are running neck and neck for the number one spot of what the heck is going on? Why are you so unhappy? Or why is this not working? Or how did you collapse so quickly? But I've become acutely aware in the Pacific Northwest that there are trees in the garden that I've always mistaken needing more sun for having gotten too much sun to this point. And I don't think that anybody really talks about what are the indicators of oversun exposure because um, there's this notion a ponderosa pine I have the very first ponderosa pine I ever collected it's planted on a rock it's been here for 12 years every year it has the exact same problems you know quote unquote problems and I thought it was disease and then I thought it was life on the rock and I thought it was my horticulture and and doing all of this nutritional experiments and stuff and just having somebody in the garden who is just really savvy to growing things he was just like well that's That's heat stress, man. That's what heat stress looks like. And I was just like so mind blown because I'm like this ponderosa pine from the most hot, arid, dry environment now here in the Hilton of plant growth is getting heat stress. I didn't even Uh, know that was possible. And it's been happening. It's not just like a recent thing like, oh, climate change is causing heat stress. It's like, no, it's had heat stress for a majority of the years that it's been here growing on that rock. And suddenly I'm like, man, that's crazy that I have not known what that looked like to date. Uh-huh. And that looks different, you know? Like in Japan, in Mr. Kimura's garden, when you have 85% relative humidity, like I was just looking at the weather in, uh, in his garden, um, in, in his region, uh, but very close, to, very close proximity to his garden where they me- measure the weather. Uh, I mean, there are high 90s, low 100s, and 85% humidity every single day. And I sure. never saw a plant in that environment. I never saw a pine. I never saw a juniper. Um, I never saw them get heat stress in that environment. I never saw that at all, heat fatigue or anything like that. Yet here, if we just get uh, a high 90-degree day at the wrong time in the spring, that plant will have heat stress for the next year or heat fatigue. And that's I that these are the horticultural anomalies of, of regional regionally specific physiology and it's just like wow there's never going to be an end to how much there is to learn about this.
1: Do you ever see blue blue spruce getting heat stress?
0: Um I I have gone to this is what I've realized this year. Douglas fir and Colorado blue spruce love to be abused. And and this really came from you like they want Full sun, they take it. They, it's like, thank you, sir. May I have another? And right. I, and I have not realized that. Now, there is, there is some nuance to that because the more hollow the trunk is or the more twisted the live vein is and the older the tree is, the less that that sure. is applicable, right? And that's what formed my, my thought process about these species is dealing with these really old anomalies and seeing them burn and then thinking that it applied universally, right? But, no, I don't see that on Colorado spruce. Just to answer your question, yeah. as long right. as it's established, first year after a repot, definitely dangerous. Once the root system is yeah. established and you got big juicy buds, give that thing all yeah. the sun. It can, it'll take it. It'll yeah. take it. I
1: noticed that even here, like with our UV index and everything, it's like the the blues will take. Like, but then last year, like I'm shading my, I'm shading my Douglas firs more. Uh huh. Uh, and I'm not keeping them in like in that full sun because uh, last year when last year they burned like some of the some of the some of them burned some of them didn't right but but some of the trees did burn last year that were um, of the Doug furs. so yeah but I don't yeah it's like the blue I don't know they just I've given them. Like, last year, they were in a lot of some. And this year, like, they just, in the fall, they had so many just buds everywhere. And this year, they just pushed, and it's, like, this super tight, just, like, tight needles. And it's every, like, part of it may be just, like, the amount of ramification they have. But, like, the blues didn't burn. Like, once they're established, right? Out of collection, they'll they'll burn, and they're gone. Yep. You know? But, yeah, I don't know. I just, but, but I've been, I'm building shade for everything. Like at least now, because like you were talking with that heat stress, it's like, I don't think anything out here when it's a hundred degrees or upper nineties and it's like full sun, like from sun up till sundown. I don't think anything, I don't think anything likes it. I think some things can tolerate it, but I don't, I think there's, I think it's better to have everything under some sort of shade structure. Yeah. You know? Yep. And so I'm not looking to build, like with the monkey poles, and part of this idea I got from you was like monkey poles, I want to have some sort of shade structure, but then on like on those monkey poles, do you build something up top that has like and maybe even like an eighth inch or a quarter inch garden mesh is enough to create enough enough shade, but then also that'll prevent hail. Yeah. You know, in, and you had talked about that once. It's like I think when I'm I'm building like the structures for monkey poles, I think I'm gonna try to incorporate some sort of like you could even have like a nice frame on top which which has the mesh on uh, like framed into it you know and like have it finished really nicely but then either an eighth inch or quarter i haven't figured that out yet but like whatever it is to where the hail hits it and it just breaks apart yep and it's not gonna you know um yeah because you have to deal with that that you
0: gotta deal with hail that's a that's a total nightmare
1: yeah but do you do that on the entire shape do you do i like, because t- right now I have just the shade cloth. It's like, th- does the next iteration of my shade structure have have garden mesh on it mm-hmm. on the top? And but do you have to build a strong enough uh, support system for that to, too. Like in the winter, then do you have that up? And it's it could it could carry a snow load yep. that's fairly significant. You know, it's like there's all this all this engineering with, with that. And, you know, um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't
0: know. And that's, and that, uh, yeah. yeah. And that's the content. That's like the continual, like to really, to really build a functional garden. It, it is, is a lifestyle and it is a lifelong pursuit, you know, like that's the whole thing with this next shade structure is like the next shade structure, we're building it to have rain protection so that we can keep uh-huh. trees dry but then, you know, April of this year, we had some freak snowstorm that dropped. It was supposed to be a skiff. It dropped 12 inches of the heaviest snow I've ever seen. And it just dismantled Portland. Like, it literally dismantled Portland. And it really dismantled the landscape at Marai. But I, when I got here, the fact that we didn't have more damage from that storm was just sheer luck. And probably, you know, some sort of, like, carmactic. like universal karmactic goodwill because I walked into the garden and there's 12 inches of snow and I saw a juniper that is typically upright still the container on the bench but the juniper was upside down and I was like I don't know how that's even physically possible for that tree to move like that in the container I certainly don't expect it to live it did live uh, but it was just like the sheer weight on the Yatsubusa Elm with all that ramification and, and, and it didn't destroy is like really it was just it was like nature's goodwill that we did not suffer catastrophic loss. And it's like if I had that shade structure up and I had that rain protection, which would make sense in April in the Pacific Northwest, that would have destroyed far more than not having moisture protection up you know so it's like what's the value system of all of these things
1: right i know it's here's going to be like remote control or something or
0: <sighs> i don't think i'll ever like, i don't think bonsai will ever be remote, lucrative enough or
1: like you can pull <laughs> it and or you can put it up or take it off or it
0: will be it will absolutely have to be and that's part of like the design uh D. you know design process is like prototyping the solutions to how do you efficiently and effectively have the capacity to put it up and take it down especially for shade cloth you know like we've got the cable system at mirai it's very effortless it takes us 10 minutes to put the shade cloth up not a big deal to take it down put it up take it down put it up it works great but like this new shade structure is going to be you know 25 feet in the air so then how do you put Shade cloth up on a you know archway that's 25 feet in the air in, in a safe and, a, and, and efficient way so that it's not such a pain in the ass to use the shade cloth that you're like, ah, pfft. they'll probably tolerate 100 degrees without the shade cloth. You know, like, I don't want the shade cloth to be the conundrum for p- protecting the trees, that's not the goal.
1: Motorized pulleys on a track system.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess like you know, but that then that gets to the point where it's inaccessible. Like it's just not practical right. anymore, you know. And yeah. yeah, the conundrum. Speaking of which, we're working on the Rockies, Mariah in the Wild project right now. Yes, finally, it's happening. It's
1: exciting. Yeah, oh, yeah. no, that's exciting. Yeah, I've been waiting for that for a while. So you and
0: me both. Yeah, yeah you that's and, you and me both. It should be pretty good. The, yeah, we can't say too much. No, the world doesn't know what's coming. But 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 it was today today. Josh Sales and I uh, actually, I'm like as I look over my shoulder, he's editing over, and there's just, it's just it's really beautiful. Uh, that project is really beautiful. Um, but uh, but he was like we were talking about you know how did you know that the ancient limber pine grove was there and windy ridge and stuff and I was like oh there's this guy named Jerry Morris who like yeah. knew the Rocky Mountains like it was his own backyard and um so it was like it's very full circle you know to get to talk to you today because it wasn't like we sat down to do the voiceovers today and then we had your podcast line it was just like this is the way the schedule played out and the way that yeah. the edits state and so it was really it was really nice i, I came yeah. into talking to you today like fully feeling grateful for you as a friend Um oh, thanks you know as well as a a, a fellow tie professional and colleague who's on the same journey and 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 we can relate to each other's growing pains Um, for Jerry, you know, for like just his contributions to, um, not only like native Colorado bone tie practitioners, but probably the lesser understood contribution he's played to the greater horticultural world, the specialty conifer nursery industry, um, to probably, you know, I would say Arbor related, uh, you know, experiences that people have in some of the most famous locations on earth. Uh, right. And people had no idea who the guy was that got that ficus to exist there and created that magical landscape. You know, it's like really, really awesome. It was really awesome. Yeah. And, and uh, to give Jerry a little bit of shine and credit for all that he's contributed, I think is yeah. really important.
1: I mean, I know about the Limber Grove and Windy Ridge because Jerry took me there.
0: Right. And you introduced strike. me to it. I would have never known otherwise.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In like April, when there's five feet of snow there. So we walk in on ice and we walk out doing a marine crawl the entire <laughs> way down because we kept falling through the snow. And Jerry's just, that's just, you know, that's just what, what, he, what he did. You know, it's like, yeah, it's April. There's five feet of snow. Cool. Mm-hmm. We can get in and we can get out. You know, it's like, what's, what's the problem?
0: This is going <laughs> to be like, awesome.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I know he's, yeah. yeah.
0: You feel like, uh, you feel like some of, some of, uh, what you've experienced with him has emboldened you to, to build the garden of your dreams now, or do you feel like that's come from somewhere else?
1: Um, no, I mean, I think he will have, he he will have some influence in it, you know, because part of what I want to do it's like a, I don't know, like a alpine garden, you know, and and some things like that. And there were like I kept thinking, what do I, in areas, what do I put in this? And there's like right above Georgetown, there's there's a pass. Me and him went up, and and up there, there's these high alpine willows, right? And they don't grow up, and they just grow along the ground. And if you pull them up and you and you bring them up it looks like a tree with all these different branches and the twigs and everything Mm -hmm. but the whole tree the whole plants like just laying down so it's like i I was thinking about like do i get some like do i get some high alpine willows or you know it's like what what is the look so i think um yeah i mean jerry will always it's like big character pines too you know and You know it's like I want, I want to have some some big trees in there so he, he will he'll always have an influence on he has for years up to this point and he'll he'll always have an influence on on what i do um but like for building a garden it was just it was it was something i had wanted to do because as i had like traveled around and seen you know it's like seeing your place and seeing hagedorn's place and like St. Bjorn's place. And then I, I know like Morrow and Danny Hughes and Mm -hmm. Tran and, you know, it's like all those guys, it's like, they have these beautiful gardens and it's like, that's something I knew it was a next step, especially if I wanted to like elevate my practice and what I'm trying to do at first branch, you know, it's like, it, it, it was something that was necessary. And, uh, so yeah, so that, that was a big part too, like to, to, stake my claim so to
0: speak you know
1: when it when it when it comes to building a garden and having a a bonsai
0: facility so nice nice well you're in it now i know yeah i am It's, it's
1: it's i really do i wake up every day and i can't i just can't believe like the the spot that we were able to get so it's it's not like up far north you know, or far northeast where it's like you'd get hail and tornadoes and wind constantly, you know, and it's like, it's, it's still, yeah, it's five minutes outside of Denver, you know, it's like the, it's in the Denver metro area. So it's, I'm I'm just, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have found what I got. So.
0: Yeah. And you're still within uh, the same proximity to the mountains and, and, you know, I'm closer. Ugh. I'm seven minutes closer to the mountains. Oh, there you go. Meant to be, Todd. <laughs> you put it, what I, I was going to say earlier, though, Ted Madsen told me one time after I'd come back, you know, because I finished my apprenticeship in Japan and I came back and I went down to LA to see Benoki and you know, say thank you and stuff because he had really orchestrated my apprenticeship or at least opened the door for it. And uh, Ted Madsen said, you know, when you were in college, you said you were going to go study with Kimura. And when you put that into the universe, when you when you speak that into the universe, the universe has a weird way of sort of working itself out. And, and I think you kind of did that too. When you put it into the universe that you were going to do this and you had the fact that the way your property worked out and stuff, that happens when you manifest that yourself Uh, and that's really cool it was really cool to see it all come to fruition for you
1: yeah yeah i believe in i don't know i i I believe in that more now than i had before where it's like if you if you you better watch what you say to the universe right because if you, you like you were saying like if you put it out there it's like things tend to I don't know the universe. I'll just say the universe takes note of it, you know, and, and yeah, things do happen. So yep.
0: that's a good way to put it.
1: You put it out there, you have that energy and it's like, but you're like, you're always looking also, you know, and it's like, you're, you're, you're pushing at doors and you're going down paths. And it's like, because that's what you're, you know, it's like, you're, you're looking for that. So it's like, if you, it, it has a way of manifesting yourself because like Harold used to tell me too, like when you go look for a new car, it's like, if you really want to find a new car, you'll find it because it's on your radar, you know? So it's like the same, it's on my radar. It was on my radar, you know? And so, yeah.
0: And now here you are. And here I am. And here you are. One of one of the, yeah. now when you say, uh, you know, my garden and Hagedorn's garden and Bjorn's garden and Morrow's garden and Michael Tran's garden and Todd Schlafer's garden, which is pretty cool, yeah. man. It's pretty cool. It's that there, there aren't a lot of people that are crazy enough to to uh really go go as deep.
1: Um yeah. I, yeah, it's, it's, I had to though. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's yeah.
1: like you know, you know how to cause you're crazy and obsessive and
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, anybody doing bones at this level is totally psycho. <laughs> Let's just understand no. <laughs> this it is it's, that's a given there's something wrong with us that's too to to be expected yeah. yeah well, I love you, brother. It's been great to sit down and know, talk with you too. i'm gonna go yep. uh I'm gonna go water and uh hydrate things, but um thanks for making the time
1: yeah no, I know thanks it sorry, it took so long
0: no, that's hey lot, listen good things are worth the wait i uh I can't wait to come out and see you and I wish you all the best with the garden build and and everything that you got going on but uh good vibes all around yeah thanks yeah
1: yeah I love you too and I miss you and uh, I'll miss you too we'll we'll talk soon so
0: that sounds great Todd right on man all right well have a good rest of your afternoon thanks for sitting down with us bye right, brother bye bye